said, I'm just a regular guy. You know, I'm right there next to um, Jim Cramer uh, and Fast Money and MSNBC and Susie Orman and Oprah. And then it's like Pat Flynn. Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back, listener. I'm James Reynolds, and you're listening in to Traffic Jam episode number nine. This week and every week here on Traffic Jam, I invite onto the show the very best internet traffic experts so that you can learn how to build and grow a profitable audience for your website. So what do we have coming up on today's episode? Well, as always, we've got our regular segments, this week's news in traffic, the one minute traffic tip and the traffic jam jam, which plays out the show. And as you'll know, if you're a regular listener to Traffic Jam, the main segment of the show is a feature interview with a special guest who has particular expertise in one particular traffic channel. Now, podcasting is the focus of today's episode as I invite onto the show Pat Flynn from smartpassiveincome.com. Now, until now, you may not have actually considered podcasting as a traffic channel in its own right, but of course it is. iTunes in itself is a search engine with its own rank determining algorithm. And of course, that's not the only place you can place your podcast to get in front of a new audience. You've got places like Stitcher and even SoundCloud as well. Now, of course, I'm a big advocate of podcasting. It's exactly why I put together Traffic Jam. And one of the main reasons behind doing that was to reach out to a new audience and build traffic to my own products and services. So I'm especially excited to get Pat on the show because he's a very experienced podcaster with over 67, I believe, episodes at the time of recording this and approaching somewhere near 4 million downloads of his show. So let's get stuck straight in as this is another content-packed episode. Here we have it, podcasting with Pat Flynn. My name is James Reynolds, your host. This is episode number nine and our special guest number nine joining us on the airwaves today is none other than Mr. Pat Flynn of smartpassiveincome.com. Pat, welcome to Traffic Jam. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it's cool to have you here. I mean, you're the expert podcaster. If I got the terminology right, are you really joining me on the airwaves? Or I don't guess you are, are you? <laughs> um, airwaves, maybe not so much, but on the internet for sure. Um, but we're doing it by voice, which is really cool as opposed to text. And I think there's just something about that that it's just amazing. Just, just the whole power of podcasting and, and using your voice to get people to do stuff. <laughs> Well, we're going to dive deep in on that today because that's the kind of the topic of conversation is going to be podcasting. But before we do that, I think it's nice to paint a bit of a picture of of who you are. Now, if I get my facts right, you're a former architect born in Connecticut, USA, as quite a large baby, I understand, 11 pounds, 12 ounces, and you grew up liking Back to the Future. Now you've got one of the most popular business podcasts on iTunes. Um, I guess I'd like you to fill in the gaps a bit for me, Pat. How did you get to where you are today? Um, well, uh, from 11 pounds to 160, I mean, a lot of things happened. Uh, but um, 
you know, I guess I'll just start uh, really quick, um, just sharing my stories, just so everybody understands kind of where this all came from. Um, I went to school for architecture. Like you said, I got out of school and got my great sort of dream job right out of school. Everything was going perfect. Um, I had proposed to my girlfriend. Everything was going well. I got promoted. And then all of a sudden, 2008, in mid-2008, I learned that I was going to get laid off. And that was a very traumatic time for me, very depressing. I was angry. I was just disappointed in myself um, until I discovered then actually a podcast out there where I, I heard a success story. This was an internet business podcast. And on the show, they had a guy named Cornelius Fitchner who was talking about how he was making a living by teaching people how to pass this exam called the project management exam. And that's when a light bulb went off for me because when I was still in architecture, I was studying for a test and I built a website to help me and a couple coworkers study for this exam. And, um, you know, I passed that exam and I just let the site sit there. And so when I heard that story, I was like, "Hey, maybe there's maybe, maybe I can share this website with other people around the world who are also, you know, studying for this exam." Well, little did I know, um, after I put an analytical tool on the site to sort of gauge the amount of traffic I was going to get or hopefully going to get, little did I know that for who knows how long, thousands of people were already visiting that website that I had created every single day. Wow, like four or five, six thousand people every single day, and I had no idea this happened. I was actually initially really freaked out about it because I didn't, you know, just. When something's going on and you don't know about it, you kind of are like, what happened? But apparently I had just written so much good stuff about this exam. It's called the LEAD exam, L-E-E-D. My website uh, can be found at greenexamacademy.com. Um, I just written so much stuff about this for like over a year that Google picked up a lot of the keywords and ranked them really high for a lot of the relevant uh, keywords that people were typing in. And people started to find the resource to share it, talk about it on blogs and forums and link to me and all this good stuff. And so to make a long story short, in October of 2008, um, right at the time I was officially going to get laid off where I, I published an ebook study guide for my audience there. And that very first month it had made $7,908.55. And it was just a $19.99 ebook. Yeah. Um, later I, I raised the price and I auto, I, I included an audio guide to go along with it. And I was just cruising. I was, I was making 20, $30,000 a month. Um, and it was just so life changing. And that's when I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And that's when I started the smart passive income blog, because, you know, not only was I making this good money, it was done in a way where it was mostly automated. So I had this website, people could come to it, buy a study guide and get it automatically delivered to them without me having to be there to fulfill that transaction. And it just changed my whole world as far as internet business was concerned. Before, I always thought it was sort of a scammy sort of industry. And here I was providing this valuable resource for people, getting paid for it and getting thanked for it on top of that. And now on smartpassiveincome.com, what I do is I build businesses and I talk about the businesses that I have, everything that goes right, everything that goes wrong, things I wish I had done better in hopes of inspiring other people and sharing with other people sort of the, the roadmap that, that I've made so that they can make a roadmap of their own. I've helped a number of people be able to create side incomes, to create full-time incomes. And it's just it's just so amazing. And, and I have this podcast now, like you were saying, that just uh, is nearly approaching 4 million downloads now. Um, one of the number one rated business podcasts on iTunes. And I'm just a regular guy. You know, I'm right there next to um, Jim Cramer uh, and Fast Money and MSNBC and Susie Omerman and Oprah. And then it's like Pat Flynn. Um, it's just so crazy. And that's one of the cool things about podcasting is it's, just, it's still like an untapped, you know, it's still the wild, wild west and, and sort of the gold rush when it comes to podcasting. I mean, there there are 40, there are 420 million active U.S. blogs. There's yeah. only 250,000 or 300,000 podcasts. So there's still wide open. And hopefully that's segued into what you're going to talk about next. Well, it, it was perfect. And it's very interesting <laughs> to, to listen back to your history and actually see how your path was 
you know, indeed set out listening to that podcast with someone else teaching, you know, tactics and strategies for, for doing stuff online. And then lo and behold, a few years later, it's exactly what you're doing yourself on your own very successful <laughs> podcast. It's amazing how history repeats itself. It's crazy. Paying it forward for sure is what I'm, what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's let's talk about smart passive income because this is kind of the, the focal point. You're, of course, extremely well known for it now. You've said that you're approaching nearly 4 million downloads. You're ranking number one on iTunes in its category. They're, you know, These are real good, strong indicators of kind of the level of exposure podcast has given you and your business. But I'd be very interested, kind of in order to set the scene of the discussion, to get an idea from you what real business results podcasting has given you and what you can directly attribute to it. Maybe things like leads, sales, revenue. What has podcasting been able to do for you? Sure. I mean, that does, that's a fantastic question and I'm going to get into it, but it's, it's hard to think about it from the outside because you're like podcasting. It's just your voice. How can it translate? How can you track those things? How, what's the ROI of it? Um, and, and there's a few things I want to talk about. One is I actually ran a survey on my blog, not my YouTube channel, not my podcast, but just on my blog, people reading my website. And I asked them, how did you first discover Pat Flynn or Smart Passive Income? That's mm -hmm. the only question I asked. And over time, I had about 7,500 people respond to the survey. The number one way people found out about my site was through my podcast. 19%, wow. one out of every five people discovered, discovered me and are now reading my blog. And I've become a part of their lives as a result of finding me on iTunes or listening to my podcast. Number two was actually YouTube and number three was links from other sites. Um, so, I mean, it's crazy. 52% of the way that people have discovered me, over half, is on stuff that's outside of my own website. And the number one way, again, was through the podcast. So that that's great. I mean, just tangible uh, results right there when it comes to to, to that. But, you know, what, what, what does that actually mean? Well, I've started to do a lot of public speaking lately. And that was another sort of uh, byproduct of, of doing the podcast and getting comfortable with it. I was deathly afraid of the microphone at first. And I would have never dreamed to do any public speaking. And because I started the podcast and I just did it and I was I was scared, but I just did and, and said, hey, what's the worst that can happen? Um, I've become more confident as a communicator and it has helped me become as confident enough to do public speaking. It's helped me with communication with other people I do business with and also communication in, in my in my family. I mean, when I really, really think about it, I'm just a better speaker because of it. I mean, it's taught me so much. Um, but going back to what I was talking about later, I go to all these conferences, conferences like New Media Expo and some of these other blogger ones where I'm sort of a, quote, celebrity. And I, I never want to call myself a celebrity. It's sort of weird, like people coming up to you and like, oh my God, it's Pat Flynn. Um, I'll never get over that. Like it's 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 crazy. Um, but, you know, people come up to me and they say, you know, the first thing that they mention is the podcast. Yeah. And it's crazy. They never, they don't mention the blog. Um, and, and another really interesting thing, and I want to tell a quick story. I was at this conference um, called Social Media Examiner, actually. And, and I was on a cruise. They, were, they had like a dinner cruise. And I was coming out of the bathroom. And this woman comes up to me. And and, and she kind of gives me a funny look. And I thought I maybe had like toilet paper stuck on my shoe or something. Um, but then she looks at me and she's like, are you Pat Flynn? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm Pat Flynn. And she's like, oh my gosh, I listen to your podcast. I love it. I love it so much. I listen to it every day when I go to work in my car um, or when I'm at the gym. I just can't get enough of it. Thank you so much for the podcast. And then I was like, oh, that's so awesome. Um, and I caught her name. Her name was Michelle. And she, uh, and then I asked her, and this is a question I asked everybody who mentions that they've listened to my podcast. I asked, well, what do you remember from the show? And I love that question because it's very general. And so I can really get an idea of what people remember from the show. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, and you already mentioned it actually, she, she, 
she she thought for a second and she said, well, I remember you were a big baby. And at first I couldn't remember what she was talking about really. So I, th- I thought she was maybe talking about some attitude I had. But no, she was like, no, no, I, in one of your episodes, you talked about how you were an 11 pound, 12 ounce baby. It's really interesting that that was a fact that you mentioned at the beginning of the show too. Now, what's interesting about that is not, you know, it, 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 it's out of everything that she listened to. And at this point, I had 61 episodes, I believe. Um, out of all the content that she listened to, that was the one thing she remembered or that she pulled out first. And that is a fact that you would remember about a friend or yeah. a family member, not somebody that you've never met before. But here I was talking to Michelle, and this is the fact that she pulled out. And that just shows you the power of podcasting, the ability to build a real relationship with a person through the power of your voice. And um, you know, when we talk to people, we use our voice. And so that's, you know, people are used to building relationships with people that they listen to. And when you think about it, when people are listening to your podcast, they're plugging you into their brain, like into their ear. I mean, that's even more intimate than actually talking to people face to face. You know, you're, it'd be weird to put your lips on somebody's ear, right? But you're actually putting yourself into their brain in almost complete isolation. And yeah, they might be doing something else like driving or walking or jogging or whatever, and that's the cool thing. You don't need to be in front of a computer in order to enter yourself into someone else's life through the podcast. That's another mm. big, powerful uh, part of it. You know, people can consume it anywhere. And you imagine how many people drive to work every day, how many people go on walks or go to the gym. More people are listening to podcasts. And companies like Ford and BMW, they're integrating podcasts into their cars soon. Um, and at Social Media Marketing World, which is uh, where I pr- did this presentation on podcasting at, they had mentioned that podcasting was the hottest trend in social media in, in 2013, uh, which is really interesting. But again, going back to the power of podcasting and the voice, you're speaking into people's ears and you're able to build this really strong relationship, just like Michelle did with me. And I hadn't even met her yet, but you're able to do that on a scalable level. So to each person who's listening to you may seem like one-on-one, but you're able to reach many people at the same time. And when you think about speaking, for instance, in front of a crowd of 200 people at a conference, I mean, we do that, you know, maybe some of your listeners do that. And that's cool. You know, you get to present one time and speak to 200 different people. Now imagine doing that but to thousands anywhere in the world. You don't need to hold a conference to put your message in front of people. And I did this really cool demonstration at this presentation where I asked people, I pulled one person out and I was like, how long does it take you to read a tweet? And so it would normally be like, you know, eight seconds. Then I asked the next person, how long does it take you to read a blog post? And someone would mention, you know, five minutes, you know, average. And then I asked people to raise their hand if they've listened to a podcast that is longer than eight seconds. And you know, 90% of the room raised their hand. Uh, and then I said, well, how about longer than five minutes? Everybody kept their hand up. 10 minutes, everybody kept their hand up. 30 minutes, everybody kept their hand up. Maybe a couple people put their hands down. I said an hour, maybe four or five hands went down. An hour of your time, your message, your brand into people's lives is huge. Yeah. In a world where we're fighting for attention these days, where we're, we're tweeting for five seconds of people's attention, imagine putting an hour of your message and building a relationship into people's lives. I mean, it's so, it's huge. It's, it's absolutely huge. Well, to put that in context, I mean, you said you're approaching 4 million downloads. Let's just say hypothetically that, you know, that's an average maybe of people listening to you for half an hour at a time. I mean, that is a serious number of one-on-one hours, as you said. I mean, I don't know how you can do that now really in any other medium. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I remember when I got to 1 million and I actually calculated, I think it was 1 million or 2 million, I calculated the actual number of 
man hours of listening, consecutive hours of listening it was. And it was, I think, 174 years of consecutive listening time, uh, which is ridiculous. I mean, that number means nothing, but just shows you how, how crazy and how much time people are spending listening to this stuff. Yeah. If you sort of summarize it, what's your purpose for podcasting? Are you using it as a traffic channel, perhaps to sell some form of product or service or monetize something else? Are you looking to use podcasting to kind of deepen relationships with your existing customer base? What's the kind of the main focus for you? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, you can use podcasting for, for any of this stuff. And for me, I do it for all those things, mainly for building relationships. But it, obviously, it's been a great way to reach out and get new people into my brand. Mm. Again, one out of every five people, five people who have discovered me have discovered me through my podcast. And, and so it's it's about discoverability and you know, getting people to find me. But then it's also about stickability, getting them to find me, but also listen to me and, and resonate with what I have to say and want more. And then also it's all about sharing or the ability to share. And you can do that on a podcast. And if people have listened to you for an hour or even 30 minutes, you have permission to ask them to do something for you, to take some sort of action, whether it's share or buy something, you know, if you were to pitch it nicely, or obviously if it if it offered value to them, you know, that's the beauty of it. I mean, you have permission to ask people to do something, to get people to take a call to action. They're not cold leads anymore. Yeah. And so you can actually have them take action and, and you're not going to get the sort of negative feedback that you would get if you were doing something like cold calling people. You're providing value for X number of minutes and then potentially pitching something. I don't pitch that often myself. I like to use the podcast as a way to bring people back to the website. And I do that uh, favorably getting people to understand that the show notes in each of the episodes that I do is really important, which contain the links, the resources and other helpful things that are related to that episode, which gets people back onto my website. And it's on my website where I either talk about, you know, I recommend products and may earn an affiliate commission from them or get people to download my book or things like that. Got it. Got it. Cool. And have you been able to directly kind of track those conversions to podcasting? Are you, have you been able to really sort of define down its sort of strength and quality as a traffic channel down to the actual conversions it's achieved or, or is that not possible? It's it's somewhat possible if you were to create a special link with a tracking ID um, that may be redirected through, an, through a URL that you created. I mean, for example, I have a number of easy URLs that I created, which I sort of consider like wormholes. So they're, they're actually domains that I purchased, URLs that I purchased, which are easy to, to, to memorize and type in as opposed to, you know, and I just redirect them to some particular page, maybe a landing page or a sales page or something that would normally have a really long URL. So it just forwards to that long domain. So I have, for instance, ebooks the smart way which you know if you go to ebooks the smart it redirects people to the page on my site where they can sign up for my email list and get that book for free or i have keyword research or patsfirstbook.com or things like that um, and so that's a really cool strategy on podcasting and even video to have these really easy urls for people to direct traffic to and you can put tracking codes on onto the end of those things to see how many people are going through you can create campaigns out of that and to see um, you know, exactly how many people going through those links actually convert. Got it. Cool. All right. Well, you clearly love podcasting. You've been doing it for some time now. You're probably, what, 70 episodes into Smart Passive Income Podcast, thereabouts? Yeah, absolutely. 70. Uh, number 70 is coming later this week. Yeah. Yeah, it's on its way. So we're up, we're up to 70. I know a few people who, uh, there's a guy named Cliff Ravenscraft, which is where I learned podcasting from. He's done over 2,000 episodes in wow. six or seven different shows. And he got his start actually by doing a, a podcast for the, the show Lost. 
it was a fan podcast. Ah, and he had right. tens of thousands of subscribers, I think 20 to uh, 20, 30, or even 40,000 subscribers. And they connected with him so well on that podcast that he was able to throw a sort of farewell party for Lost when it was the very final episode and had people fly in to see him and watch the sort of finale together with him. I mean, that's the sort of connection that he was Crazy. making with these people through the podcast. Oh, wow. But it's obviously working for you also. Now, this may give our listeners some clues to how you might answer this question, but I'd be interested to get your take on how big an opportunity podcasting is right now, because you rightly said people are calling it the next big wave and an opportunity, but it has been around some time. Are we still in, in the infancy of podcasting? Is there still plenty of opportunity there or is it kind of starting to get a bit saturated? Um, I think we're in the toddler stage where that toddler is starting to become really active and crazy. Like it's, it, you know, it's past the infancy stage. It's, it's been around for years. I mean, since like 2005 or even before that, but it was a really initially a really geeky techie type of thing. And now yeah. it's just starting to go mainstream and there are starting to be like tutorials out there and easier ways to actually create a podcast where anyone could do it before you would have to understand all this techie stuff and, and sort of hack your way into it. But now it's becoming so easy that anybody can do it. And the people who are doing it are getting featured in iTunes because there's just not that many other people doing it right now. They're getting featured in New and Noteworthy. They're getting a lot of new eyes on their brand. Um, a lot of people have just recently started. There's a guy named John Lee Dumas who has a show called Entrepreneur on Fire. He started last October. He's already getting 200,000 downloads a month. Now, mind you, he is doing a daily show, which is crazy. Um, he must have good systems going on because um, it does take a little bit of work to edit and do stuff. And I know he has people that help do that for him. And so you might have people do that for you too to edit and then post and do things like that. But he's already seeing a ton of listens, downloads. He now has sponsors to sponsor the show. So he's making money from that. And he's also selling some product too. Got it. Now, I'm not going to ask you at this stage how to set up a podcast because there are plenty of resources out there that teach that. And I think even you have one, which you might want to plug at this stage, Pat. What's sure. the, you've got a little mini course, I believe. Uh, yeah, it's free. It's absolutely free. No emails required. It's already helped hundreds of people start their own podcast. You can go to podcastingtutorial.com and that'll redirect you, just like I taught you earlier, to a page on smartpassiveincome.com, which will show you six different videos, step-by-step -step how to do it. I believe it's the best resource out there, and it's something I wish I was around when I first started. Okay, cool. Well, that will be positioned in the show notes beneath this uh, recording, which I guess we'll talk about in a moment. We'll talk about show notes. But what I'd like to talk to you about now is your three keys to becoming successful at podcasting. And you've touched upon them a little bit already, and that's discoverability, stickability, and shareability. If it's cool with you, Pat, let's tackle each one by one. Tell us what you mean by discoverability. Sure. Well, discoverability is, you know, namely the ability for your podcast to be discovered. And there's certain things you could do within iTunes and just in your podcast in general to make it stand out and to make sure people find it. Now, a lot of people don't realize this or don't think about it, but iTunes is actually a search engine. Apple's a little bit more discreet on how things work or what the algorithm is, but it is a search engine. And if you go into iTunes right now and type in blogging, you're actually going to see my podcast is number one. If you type in online business, it's going to be either one or number two. So there are opportunities for there to put yourself in front of people who are searching for you already. You just don't happen to be there yet. So it's very important that you think about it like that, that this is a search engine. People are looking for you. They just haven't found you yet. And using iTunes is a great way to put yourself in front of them. And also the mobile apps for podcasting. I mean, that that's just one sign that, that podcasting is growing. I mean, Apple created you know, initially the podcasting sort of 
mobile app area was in iTunes, was in the mm-hmm. iTunes app. They built their own podcasting app and that just recently came out, you know, of, of several months ago. And so that's a good sign that, you know, they know that something's going on with podcasting enough to create its own app. And in that app, there's a big, huge search bar right at the top where people could search for stuff. Um, so again, that, that that's a really important thing. Um, another important thing, when you're thinking about SEO, you want to make sure that you have keyword-rich titles, keyword-rich descriptions, and also you can have a keyword-rich um, host name. So my host name, for example, is Pat Flynn colon online entrepreneur, business strategist, and blogger. So that allows me to, to potentially rank for those other keywords as well. You obviously want to write for humans, not just keyword stuff where it just doesn't sound attractive at all. But, you know, you want to combine search engine optimization strategies with the descriptions and the title and the hosting that you have here on, you know, uh, on, on iTunes. Now, there's other things like, you know, rankings. Rankings are really important um, when it comes to search engine optimization as well. Discoverability. When you first create a podcast, if you have good artwork, and that's another that's another key thing for discoverability is having good artwork, something that's eye-catching but also looks good at a small resolution. Again, a lot of people are searching and finding these podcasts through their phone. And before anyone listens to anything that you have to say, they're going to look and see those icons that you created, the artwork for your show. So make sure they're really good and that they're clean. And you can type in some of the keywords that uh, or, or go into the category before you even create your own podcast that you think you're going to go into and see sort of what stands out to you and maybe what you might be able to do differently um, to mm. stand out, um, which is which is a good tip. There's also, you know, sort of like how Amazon has the whole, you know, people who bought this also bought this type of algorithm um, where you can see cross-related items. iTunes has that as well for shows. So one good thing to do if you want to get in front of other big brands is to mention those brands uh, or those podcasts on your show, get your listeners to listen to them. And what that, what happens is that cross references both your podcast and theirs, and you'll actually show up on that podcast, that popular podcasts related list. Um, so that's another cool little trick that you can use when it comes to uh, discoverability and, 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 you know, rankings again, the, the rankings again, aren't, it's not really known exactly how they work, but generally speaking, and people have noticed that the more downloads you get, the more subscribers you get, and the more ratings you get within a short period of time, the higher you're going to climb. So I've always noticed that when I come out with a new episode, I'll typically get to number one or number two in, in marketing and management. And then if over time, if I don't come out with another episode or it's the day or two right before, um, I'm typically in five or six, and then I'll come out with an episode and go back up. So the more consistent you are, and the more you sort of push people, and again, you can ask people to do things at the end of your show to subscribe if they haven't already, to leave a review or ratings in iTunes. You're going to climb higher in the rankings, and the rankings are really important because a lot of people look to those first to see, you know, social proof for if your show is actually worth listening to or not. Got it. Cool. Well, I guess we'll talk about how to kind of encourage reviews and downloads in a moment, but I'm just going to review kind of a set of action steps that you've just told us there, Pat. We've got keywords. We want to make sure that, you know, the podcast title and perhaps the description is rich with the keywords we want to rank for, but not stuffing. We've got good artwork and we've got cross-promoting. So try and talk about other podcasts so that hopefully they'll reciprocate, I guess, and then you might get featured in the also liked or what do they say? It's also liked or also downloaded. Listen, uh, like related, they call it related, but yeah, it's, it's sort of the same what you just mentioned, but yeah, I mean, just mentioning other podcasts and telling them, you know, sending them an email. Hey, I, you know, I love your show. I mentioned you in my show here more often than not, you're going to get some reciprocation one way or another. 
<laughs> well, we'll make sure we send a message over to John Lee Dumas then after this one. Make sure he knows <laughs> that we, we just plugged him. There you go. All I right, almost cool. guarantee you he will tweet it if, if you do that. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so that's discoverability. Next, we're going to look at stickability. And uh, just run us through that one, Pat. Sure. Well, stickability is the ability of your podcast to keep people around. And it's obviously very important to be found. But, you know, a lot of people find things all the time and then forget about them. You want to be remembered. You want to be um, sort of, that's why I call it discovered because it's more than just being found. You want to be discovered where people want you and want to keep keep you around. A couple parts of this that I want to talk about. The first thing is, is first impressions. The first impression people have, the first time they listen to you or even your artwork uh, is, is very important. Obviously, you have to have great sound quality. If you have the best content in the world and you're, sound quality is terrible, a lot of people aren't going to listen to you because a lot of people are going to be listening to you hopefully for a very long time. And if it's not pleasing to the ear, uh, it doesn't mean that you have to worry about your voice, but just the quality of the sound. If there's a lot of crackling or, you know, it gets into the red area of the little meter all the time, you don't want that to happen. So you want to have great sound quality. You also want to make sure that the information that you share is relevant to what they're looking for. So it's really key, right? a way to share sort of what you're going to talk about so that people understand, okay, this is something I have to sit down and listen to, or it's something I don't want to miss. Another thing, and this is what bothered me at first when I started discovering podcasts back in 2008, a lot of people, a lot of people were, were, were fluffing around. They were, t- they were talking mm-hmm. about all this stuff that didn't matter, right? Like they would talk for 10 minutes about breakfast they had the other day at this really cool restaurant, which is pretty cool, but had nothing to do with the con, you know, financial planning, which is one of the podcasts I was listening to. I mean, what, you know, you want to, it's okay to talk about a little of the personality stuff. And that's actually the fourth key in first impressions is so, you know, you want to inject your personality a little bit, but you don't want to do it so much or just, just talk about stuff that doesn't matter. You know, you want to inject your personality into stuff that's relevant to what people want to listen to. Now, the next thing is, like I said earlier, you got to have valuable content. And one of the first things that you got to remember is, is this show, although it's by you, it's not about you. It's, it's about your audience. You know, what's in it for them? You got to always keep that in the back of your mind. You always got to make the content also special. A lot of people come up to me and they're like, hey, can I take audio from my YouTube videos and just repurpose it into a podcast? And yeah, you can do that. And you might get some uh, more ears uh, on your brand by doing that. But you know, you're missing out on a lot of opportunity to provide some special content on this really powerful medium. If you just do that, I would definitely create content specially for the podcast. Um, interviews are great for that. Um, actionable content. That's also something that's very good. Something with instant results too. I think that that that's a great key, you know, not just getting people to take action based on what you educate them on or what you share, but also giving them something that they can get immediate results from. That's a good trick that I learned from Derek Halpern from socialtriggers.com. If you can get people to do something really quickly and actually ask them to do it in the podcast and maybe see results right away, they're going to stick around. They're going to be like, wow, that worked. What I want more, right? So instant results are good. Another thing for stickability is social proof. You know, the ratings and reviews are very important. But another thing you could do is actually get people involved. You know, you can have people voicemail their questions in. There's a tool called SpeakPipe, S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E dot com, where you can set up a sort of voicemail thing. And it's it's awesome. You get to um, you get to share a special page that people can go to. They record right on their computer a question. It gets sent to you. You could plop that right into your podcast. And what that does is even though you're not able to connect with everybody who's listening to the show, you're able to connect with one person 
but everybody's listening to you connect with that one person or answer that particular person's questions. It's going to make you seem more real. It's going to get people interested. It's a nice way to sort of break up some of the content in the show so it's not so monotonous. And you're hearing from somebody else who has a question that potentially a lot of other people have that same question too. Um, and, and also another thing for social proof um, as far as stickability is concerned is share any achievements. I mean, that's why I always share my download numbers because I know they're pretty impressive and I know that gets people to understand that my shows are worth listening to. I also share, like I, I think I just passed 850 five-star ratings in, in iTunes. You know, that's another big one. So once you start to get those ratings, and, and it might even be smart, especially in the beginning, to just call out some of the people who have left really good ratings for you and just uh, or reviews and just, just to share them if they're really quick. What's cool is those particular people will be stoked about it and they might share your podcast as a result of being on it. Um, and a lot of other people will be like, oh, wow, maybe it's my time to leave a review. I might get, I might get on the show or... Wow, that was really nice. That person, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, when he's right, I gotta leave my review too. So those are some important things for social proof. And the last part, as far as stickability, is is um, you know tactics you can use while you're speaking or while you're doing your show to keep people engaged. The worst thing you want to do, or the last thing you want to do, is have people like fall asleep, right? And so you want to keep people engaged and interested and entertained. And it doesn't mean you have to have music all the time and be silly and crack jokes all the time, although that may help you and depends on your audience, of course. But there's certain things you could do while you're speaking. And one of the best tactics you can use if you're trying to uh, prove an important point, you know, this is probably the best thing you could do. The thing you want to do is pause like I did there what that does even just a one or two second pause it gets people just to be like oh what's what's he going to say next mm. and they're never going to forget that so you're never going to forget now that pausing just for a little bit right before you're about to say something important is a great way to make sure people listen to what you're about to say another cool thing to do is to repeat yourself again another thing to do is repeat yourself again that's another way to show that whatever you just said is really important that's a tactic that I remember from high school, I think. Every time I would hear somebody or one of my teachers say something twice, I knew that that was definitely a note that I had to take and something that can more potentially be on the test. Um, another thing that's cool and sort of is unique to podcasting is the ability to have a wide range of dynamics in your show. So at certain moments when you get excited, it's, it's good to be excited and to share, you know, speak a little bit louder. And if, if something is really personal or really important, you know, it's kind of cool to whisper a little bit because that gets people to understand that this is, you know, a different feeling, right? And so you can utilize dynamics during your show and also transitions. If you have a rather long show, it's good to break it up, just like a blog post, right? You want to break it up into little chunks so it's 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 scannable. And yeah, it's audio, but it's 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 more listenable if it's sort of broken up and people can sort of reset in between different segments. Um, so that that's stickability. Got it. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to actually reinforce one of your points there by repeating what you said earlier about nice. reviews. And I know that the comments that I've received from people that I've sort of read out on the show for leaving an iTunes review or a comment on the site has been so well appreciated. They, they say, hey, James, I just heard my, my, you know, my name read out on the podcast. Thanks so much for mentioning me. And I think it brings them kind of inside the show. I know that's for us has been extremely effective. Awesome. Ace. Well, okay. Well, we move on to the third category and that's shareability. So I guess this is getting your podcast spread even further via your audience, but you'll explain better than me, Pat. So uh, dive in. What's shareability all about? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's exactly what it is. It's, it's just having, you know, how primed is your podcast to be shared by those listening to it? And, you know, there are some obvious things that you could do, which is just create something worth sharing. 
um, whether that's something either controversial, if that's something that you're into, or just something sort of epic. That's sort of a word that's going around in internet marketing right now. Just create something epic. <laughs> and, um, you know, something that nobody's ever seen before, something noteworthy. And that doesn't necessarily mean you need to spend hours um, into it or, you know, it's just creating something epic. And for me, a good example was the ep- the episode 51 of the Smart Passive Income podcast when I had Tim Ferriss on the show. Now, having him as a guest was epic in itself, but the way that I conducted the interview and I did a lot of research before that interview because he was promoting a book called The 4-Hour Chef, um, and which is why he agreed to do a bunch of podcasts and, and interviews. So I listened to all of them or as many as I could. And I started to see what questions, you know, most of the people were asking. And I made sure to ask completely different questions. And mm-hmm. as a result of that, a lot of people listened and were like, hey, this is a different interview than all the other ones I heard. And they would share it. And so that's something worth sharing. And whatever that is for you and your particular brand or, or, or niche, um, you would know that better than me. So create something that is worth sharing. Um, and that, you know, a good sign of what that may be is just what are people asking you questions about all the time? You know, create a podcast episode about that. That is something that's going to be shared. Also, you want to make it incredibly easy to share. One thing I like to do, which I actually learned from Michael Stelzner from socialmediaexaminer.com is at the end of his podcasts, he says this. He says, if you really enjoy the show, I really want you to go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash love and share your love for the show there. And so if you go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash love, it actually takes you to a page with a pre-populated tweet that has a, a specific hashtag and also a link back to the podcast saying something like, thank you at Michael Stelzner. I love the podcast. And then a link to the show or whatever. You, know, you can yeah. put whatever you want in there. And it's just so awesome. He gets so much viral quality out of that particular strategy. And that's something that I haven't done on my podcast yet, but I do that live. Whenever I speak somewhere live, if you go to patislive.com, it goes and does the same thing. And you know, I'll get hundreds of tweets from the people in the room. Um, it's just really cool. So the, the method for doing that is uh, there's actually a few steps here. Um, the first one is you want to go to bitly.com or uh, bit.ly. And there you can shorten any link that you want into a really tiny um, you know, 12 character link or whatever, that is a bit.ly link. You've probably seen those before. And what that does is it just shortens those big links into small ones so that you can fit more stuff into the next step, which is at clicktotweet.com. So what you do at clicktotweet.com is you create that pre-populated tweet that you want and you want to enter that link in there, put in any hashtags that you want, maybe any at replies to your name or anybody else's name that you want to capture. Um, and what you do is click generate link and then it spits out a link. And when you go to that link, that's that pre-populated tweet page. And it just makes it really easy to share. And you can take that one step further if you want to. The way Michael did it and how he got it to be his domain slash love is he used a WordPress plugin called Pretty Link. So you can put that click to tweet generated link into Pretty Link as the target URL. And then you can customize any sort of link that goes after your root domain name. So for me, it might be like smartpassiveincome.com slash awesome or whatever. You could be whatever you want. Um, as long as it has, as long as it hasn't been used before, and that's a really good tip to get people to sort of share your stuff. And also, um, you know, you can use that similar a similar strategy, um, like I talked about earlier, which is sort of similar um, as far as getting people to specific pages, either landing pages or your show notes or anything that you might be selling. I think I have eight different domains that I pay for that redirect to some place on my site or some place off my site that. Is really important. So that's another cool strategy you can use. And, that, and and that's generally what shareability is all about. Yeah. And I guess that's creating the kind of the, what would 
previously been described as the radio domain, that easy to pronounce and understand domain that you'd say across the mm. radio waves. But in this case, of course, it's a it's a podcast domain. <laughs> but good tips, Pat. Yeah, like Love that. it. Cool. Well, thank you for helping us create something so epic. There you go. Picking up on something else you've just <laughs> said there. We've gone for a long time. I think we should get close to rounding out, but not before kind of asking you what's next on your agenda. I know you've got a few things in the workings and a, a project that's just recently come out. What does kind of 2013 look like from here on in for you? Oh, there's a lot of cool stuff happening. I just released a book called Let Go, which is my story. It was released on a brand new platform called Snippet App on iOS and also just recently released um, and, and reformulated for Amazon. And when it went on Amazon, this book got to number one in small business and entrepreneurship. So I'm very proud to say that in 2013, I'm now a best-selling author, which is which is really awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, there's more books coming in the future potentially a traditionally published book, which has always been a goal of mine. It's always been a goal to take my kids to a bookstore and show them, you know, daddy's book on the bookshelf. I've always wanted to do that. Uh, and and I have a couple potentially courses coming out, you know, online courses that have been in high demand for, from me um, for years now. And, and I'm at a point now where I have the ability or, and I feel like that I should be doing these um, to help people even more so than I am now. Um, and then... Gosh, I just more speaking. I have my first keynote presentation in October at the Financial Bloggers Conference in St. Louis. I have my second keynote a month later in Arizona at another conference. Uh, just amazing things happening. I'm starting to get paid for speaking now, which is awesome. And, and again, I, this is somebody who is deathly afraid of the microphone, let alone <laughs> getting in front of a crowd before. And yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's really the big lesson here. I mean, a lot of people will fear podcasting when they get into it, but. You know, for me, whenever the resistance shows up, whenever that fear shows up, it's actually a good sign now. I know that it's a sign that yeah. whatever it is that I'm about to do is something worth doing. Yeah. Well, we've definitely proven today how leveraged podcasting can be and the, the level and type of audience that you can reach through it. So you're a testament to that, Pat. Thanks for your time today. I'm going to make sure all of those links are placed in the show notes beneath this uh, recording. And I'm going to give a call to action now, which you said is a good tip. Go and awesome. check Pat out at smartpassiveincome.com. I suggest you subscribe on iTunes. And if you enjoy his show, also leave him a review. I know he'd, uh, he'd welcome that very much. So Pat, thanks for joining us today and um, look forward to maybe catching up again soon. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This week's news in traffic. Well, rarely does a week go by where there is no news coming out of Google, and this week is no different. In the past seven days, they've landed themselves in a spot of bother with the Federal Trade Commission, who've opened up a new case against Google investigating whether the search giant abuses its market-leading position to curb competition in display advertising. Now, they've also been receiving some criticism in the UK press over alleged tax avoidance. But the big news for us marketers is the release of version 2.0 of the Google Penguin ranking algorithm. This was a much anticipated release supported by the announcement from Matt Cutts recently, who said that Google Penguin 2.0 would go much deeper than its previous incarnation. Now, the truth is the rollout of Penguin on Wednesday, the 22nd of May, passed without too much of a hullabaloo. Whilst a large amount of the search results have been affected, most hard-hitting being real estate and retail sectors, 
The results only affected 2.4% of search queries, comparative to version 1 of Penguin affecting 3.1% of queries. Now, I have a full report of Penguin 2.0 over at seosherpa.com forward slash news where I reveal the findings from the very interesting case study of seosherpa.com which received an immediate 27% growth in search result impressions for the few days following Penguin 2.0's release. Now, Google's rival Yahoo, they've also been in the news this week as they acquired Tumblr for $1.1 billion. Now, the Yahoo Tumblr deal is being described by the CEO of BuzzFeed as representing a shift in media. He says social is no longer a niche method of consuming content. It's now the dominant way people discover information online. Now, Twitter, they've been in the news as well. They've announced a new program to sync up TV advertising and promoted tweets using video fingerprinting technology. Now, this is a pilot program available to just a few where digital marketers can see in real time when their spots air and what resulting tweet activity occurs about either their brand or their TV show. Then at least in theory, they can then more intelligently target Twitter users with promoted tweets based on who tweeted about the commercial or show. For a link to these stories in full, visit trafficjamcast.com and check out the show notes. Thank you to Nick Ellison and Charles Kirkland, who passed on very nice comments this week saying how much they are enjoying the show. Thank you, guys. Comments and reviews are always very much welcome. And I'd really love to hear from you. So please be reminded you can do that in one of three ways. You can leave a comment over at trafficjamcast.com in the normal uh, comment section. You can send a voicemail message via the speech pipe send voicemail function on the site if you really want to get your voice heard on the show. Or even better still, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. The one minute traffic tip. Now this week's tip is simply this match your traffic source to your landing page to increase conversions. Match your traffic source to your most relevant landing page to increase conversions. Now, what do I mean by this? The more relevant the page you send people is to where your visitor came from, the more effective that traffic will be for you. Now, for instance, if you have an ad that talks about how to improve your Spanish, send that traffic to a page on your site that talks specifically about Spanish language classes as opposed to a general page that talks about learning a language. It will be more relevant to your visitor and thus more likely to convert. Now, in another scenario, if you're advertising on Facebook and want to send that traffic off Facebook to your own website, you may want to make that page blue and white in the same color scheme as Facebook, therefore ensuring your visitor feels comfortable when they first visit the page. Now, in a third scenario, if you're promoting a new product on your website, you should probably consider sending your past customers to a different page than your new prospects. Your past customers will already know about you, so may just be interested in the product itself, whereas your new prospects will want to know both about you and the product. So different pages will be relevant. 
So my tip is this, consider where your traffic has come from before they arrive at your website and ensure that that traffic is directed to the most relevant page for them. So that's a wrap on another episode of Traffic Jam. Of course, we'll be doing it all again real soon with another expert interview and the latest traffic tips and news. If you've enjoyed this episode, log into iTunes and leave us a review. It'll probably give you the chance to get on next week's show. I'll give you a little shout out. Now, at the time of releasing this podcast, we're just heading into the summer month of June. So what better tune to play out the show than Seven Days in Sunny June by Jamiroquai. I'll be back in seven days from now. See you then.
You've been listening to the Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website, trafficjamcast.com. Traffic